Chapters 4 and 5 of A Short History of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. A Short History of the United States by Edward Channing. Part 2, Chapter 4. Colonization, 1600 to 1660. Chapter 4, French Colonists, Missionaries, and Explorers. 26. The French in Acadia. For nearly 40 years after the destruction of the colony on the River of May, Frenchmen were too busy fighting one another at home to send any more colonists to America. At length, in 1604, a few Frenchmen settled on an island in the St. Croix River. But the place was so cold and windy that after a few months they crossed the Bay of Fundy and founded the town of Port Royal, the country they called Acadia. 27. Champlain and his work. The most famous of these colonists was Champlain. He sailed along the coast southward and westward as far as Plymouth. As he passed by the mouth of Boston Harbor, a mist hung low over the water, and he did not see the entrance. Had it been clear, he would have discovered Boston Harbor and Charles River, and the French colonists might have settled there. In 1608, Champlain built a trading post at Quebec and lived there many years as governor or chief trader. He soon joined the St. Lawrence Indians in their war parties and explored large portions of the interior. In 1609, he went with the Indians to a beautiful lake, Far away to the east were mountains covered with snow. To the south were other mountains, but with no snow on their tops. To the lake the explorer gave his own name, and we still call it in his honor, Lake Champlain. While there, he drove away with his firearms a body of Iroquois Indians. A few years later, he went with another war party to western New York and again attacked the Iroquois. 28. The French on the Great Lakes. Champlain was the first of many French discoverers. Some of these were missionaries who left home and friends to bring the blessings of Christianity to the red men of the Western world. Others were fur traders, while still others were men who came to the wilderness in search of excitement. These French discoverers found Lake Superior and Lake Michigan. They even reached the headwaters of the Wisconsin River, a branch of the Mississippi. 29. The French Missionaries. The most active of the French missionaries were the Jesuits. The Jesuits built stations on the shores of the Great Lakes. They made long expeditions to unknown regions. Some of them were killed by those whom they tried to convert to Christianity. Others were robbed and left to starve. Others still were tortured and cruelly abused. But the prospect of starvation, torture, and death only made them more eager to carry on their great work. 30. The Iroquois Strongest of all the Indian tribes were the nations that formed the League of the Iroquois. Ever since Champlain fired upon them, they hated the sight of a Frenchman. On the other hand, they looked upon the Dutch and the English as their friends. French missionaries tried to convert them to Christianity as they had converted the St. Lawrence Indians. But the Iroquois saw in this only another attempt at French conquest, so they hung red-hot stones about the missionaries' necks, or they burned them to death, 
or they cut them to pieces while yet living. For a century and a half, the Iroquois stood between the Dutch and the English settlers and their common enemies in Canada. Few events in American history, therefore, have had such great consequences as Champlain's unprovoked attacks upon the Iroquois. End of chapter 4 Chapter 5 Virginia and Maryland 31. The Virginia Company, 1606 English people were now beginning to think in earnest of founding colonies. It was getting harder and harder to earn one's living in England, and it was very difficult to invest one's money in any useful way. It followed from this that there were many men who were glad to become colonists and many persons who were glad to provide money to pay for founding colonies. In 1606, the Virginia Company was formed and colonization began on a large scale. 32. Founding of Jamestown, 1607. The first colonists sailed for Virginia in December 1606. They were months on the way and suffered terrible hardships. At last, they reached Chesapeake Bay and James River and settled on a peninsula on the James, about 30 miles from its mouth. Across the little isthmus which connected this peninsula with the mainland, they built a strong fence, or stockade, to keep the Indians away from their huts. Their settlement they named Jamestown. The early colonists of Virginia were not very well fitted for such work. Some of them were gentlemen who had never labored with their hands. Others were poor, idle fellows whose only wish was to do nothing whatsoever. There were a few energetic men among them as Ratcliffe, Archer, and Smith. But these spent most of their time in exploring the bay and the rivers, in hunting for gold, and in quarreling with one another. With the summer came fevers, and soon fifty of the one hundred and five original colonists were dead. Then followed a cold, hard winter, and many of those who had not died of fever in the summer now died of cold. The colonists brought little food with them. They were too lazy to plant much corn, and they were able to get only small supplies from the Indians. Indeed, the early history of Virginia is given mainly to accounts of, quote, starving times. Of the first thousand colonists, not one hundred lived to tell the tale of those early days. 33. Sir Thomas Dale in Good Order in 1611, Sir Thomas Dale came out as ruler, and he ruled with an iron hand. If a man refused to work, Dale made a slave of him for three years. If he did not work hard enough, Dale had him soundly whipped. But Sir Thomas Dale was not only a severe man, he was also a wise man. Hitherto, everything had been in common. Dale now tried the experiment of giving three acres of land to every one of the old planters, and he also allowed them time to work on their own land. 34. Tobacco Growing and Prosperity European people were now beginning to use tobacco. Most of it came from the Spanish colonies. Tobacco grew wild in Virginia, but the colonists at first did not know how to dry it and make it fit for smoking. After a few years, they found out how to prepare it. They now worked with great eagerness and planted tobacco on every spot of cleared land. Men with money came over from England. They brought many working men with them and planted large pieces of ground. Soon tobacco became the money of the colony, 
and the whole life of Virginia turned on its cultivation. But it was difficult to find enough laborers to do the necessary work. 35. Servants and Slaves Most of the laborers were white men and women who were bound to service for terms of years. These were called servants. Some of them were poor persons who sold their labor to pay for their passage to Virginia. Others were unfortunate men and women, and even children, who were stolen from their families and sold to the colonists. Still others were criminals whom King James sent over to the colony because that was the cheapest thing to do with them. In 1619, the first Negro slaves were brought to Virginia by a Dutch vessel. The Virginians bought them all, only 20 in number. But the planters preferred white laborers. It was not until more than 25 years had passed away that the slaves really became numerous enough to make much difference in the life of the colony. 36. The First American Legislature, 1619. The men who first formed the Virginia Company had long since lost interest in it. Other men had taken their place. These latter were mostly Puritans, or were the friends and workers with the Puritans. The best known of them was Sir Edward Sandys, the playmate of William Brewster, one of the Pilgrim Fathers. Sandys and his friends sent Sir George Yeardley to Virginia as governor. They ordered him to summon an assembly to be made up of representatives chosen by the freedom of the colony. They ordered him to summon an assembly to be made up of representatives chosen by the freemen of the colony. These representatives soon did away with Dale's ferocious regulations and made other and much milder laws. 37. Virginia becomes a royal province, 1624. The Virginians thought this was a very good way to be governed, but King James thought that the new rulers of the Virginia Company were much too liberal, and he determined to destroy the company. The judges in those days dared not displease the king, for he could turn them out of office at any time. So when he told them to destroy the Virginia Charter, they took the very first opportunity to declare it to be of no force. In this way, the Virginia Company came to an end, and Virginia became a royal province with a governor appointed by the king. 38. Religious Intolerance in 1625, King James died, and his son Charles became king. He left the Virginians to themselves for the most part. They liked this, but they did not like his giving the northern part of Virginia to a Roman Catholic favorite, Lord Baltimore, with the name of Maryland. Many Roman Catholics soon settled in Lord Baltimore's colony. The Virginians feared lest they might come to Virginia and made severe laws against them. Puritan missionaries also came from New England and began to convert the Virginians to Puritanism. Governor Berkeley and the leading Virginians were Episcopalians. They did not like the Puritans any better than they liked the Roman Catholics. They made harsh laws against them and drove them out of Virginia into Maryland. 39. Settlement of Maryland Maryland included the most valuable portion of Virginia north of the Potomac. Besides being the owner of all this land, Lord Baltimore was also the ruler of the colony. He invited people to go over and settle in Maryland and offered to give them large tracts of land on payment of a small sum every year forever. Each man's payment was small, but all the payments taken together made quite a large amount, 
which went on growing larger and larger as Maryland was settled. The Baltimores were broad-minded men. They gave their colonists a large share in the government of the colony and did what they could to bring about religious toleration in Maryland. 40. The Maryland Toleration Act, 1649. The English Roman Catholics were cruelly oppressed. No priest of that faith was allowed to live in England, and Roman Catholics who were not priests had to pay heavy fines simply because they were Roman Catholics. Lord Baltimore hoped that his fellow Catholics might find a place of shelter in Maryland, and many of the leading colonists were Roman Catholics. But most of the laborers were Protestants. Soon came the Puritans from Virginia. They were kindly received and given land but it was evident that it would be difficult for Roman Catholics, Episcopalians, and Puritans to live together without some kind of law to go by. So a law was made that any Christian might worship as he saw fit. This was the first toleration act in the history of America. It was the first toleration act in the history of modern times. But the Puritan Roger Williams had already established religious freedom in Rhode Island. 41. Maryland Industries Tobacco was the most important crop in early Maryland, but grain was raised in many parts of the colony. In time, also, there grew up a large trading town. This was Baltimore. Its shipowners and merchants became rich and numerous, while there were almost no shipowners or merchants in Virginia. There were also fewer slaves in Maryland than in Virginia. Nearly all the hard labor in the former colony was done by white servants. In most other ways, however, Virginia and Maryland were nearly alike. End of chapter 5